And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 150, uh, aka season two, episode 18. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we still give out phone numbers because people think they want to call in every once in a while, uh, those numbers for you to dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. So anything on your mind to to start off this week, MC? Well, there's some interesting people trying to buy land in Puerto Rico right now. Uh, like many acres, uh, they they want to build their own city, and um, it's going to be a crypt, you know, the crypto land or crypto cryptopia or what they call it, Portopia. Um, In Puerto actually, Rico, they, they, yeah. So they said that 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 name translates to something weird. So they're going to actually just change it to Sol S O L, which seems kind of silly to me too, because S O L means shit out of luck. Maybe? Yes. If you don't buy your crypto now, you're just going to be shit out of luck. You're not going to be able to get into that city. Um, I think it also might mean sun or something. If it's not an acronym, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So To me, when anyway, I hear it, I hear the acronym. Soul is fine to me. Uh, Portop- I can't even say it. Portopia. Portopia is okay to me, too. I don't I don't really care about the the name so much. It's just the idea that um, there's going to be an actual crypto bank, um, you know, a place where uh, they welcome cryptocurrencies. So a, a lot of the U.S. banks right now, and, and including myself, they're 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 shutting they're shutting down access uh, to to trade uh, cryptos there. So if you have a Coinbase account and you're you're trading into U.S. dollars from there, they might shut your account down. Um, so that's happened to a few people that I know and, uh, and, but in other aspects, it's like, it's being welcomed. And so maybe there's a few companies that are, are starting credit cards and allowing, uh, uh, crypto to be traded through them. So, uh, I think, uh, I think the one I'm involved in is called BitPay. Yep. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so far they haven't been shut down. So, um there's a handful of them yeah there there is and there's a there's some working examples in europe too and uh you know of course there's there's all types of other problems that are happening right now um increased regulation in australia and in korea but um if they can get things working in in puerto rico i think that's going to be a really big boost for their economy um because yeah there's a lot of uh, rich people, uh, you know, new, newly rich people because of cryptocurrency. And, uh, you know, if they could have a place to spend it and, you know, not have any fear of them shutting their account down and, or, or throwing them in jail or whatever, um, that, that'd be a great place. You know, Puerto, Puerto Rico is, uh, it's a nice place. Um, the, the, the weather is, well, it's you know island weather, and uh, they've got lots of green on the island. So, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's good year round, I think. Um, just got to watch out for those darn hurricanes. Yeah, I was about to say um, it's, it's beautiful when everything's upright and standing. Yeah, and so 
you know, if they're if they're able to make their own city and uh, skirt some of the union regulations and stuff, so they can build their own buildings and stuff, then uh, you know, hopefully, that will you know in, increase the the economy down there. Just so it could you know it, it could be good for everybody. Well, I'm sure it would be. Um, anytime people are willing to trade to get what they want. Um, both sides benefit. So I'm sure there's some people that want to, you know, work for some crypto coins and there's some people that want to spend them. So, so let me play devil's advocate, uh, just real quick. Cause I've been, I am a member of the free state project. Um, but even before joining that and after joining that or, or signing the statement of intent or whatever they call it, um, I've, I've considered other alternatives. Um, and I think somebody somebody put together a list um and they basically they called it uh, i think like the move here project which is it's always like a movement of people to an area you know where you can be with like-minded individuals and free yourself from the constraints of regular society you know that that, that type of thing um and so to me i hear like okay puerto rico again puerto rico crypto cryptopia uh soul whatever you want to call it um to me, it just sounds like uh, just another move here project, right? Like, right. you know, like, you know um, Galt's Gulch or Fort Galt or, you know, the Seasteading Institute or, you know, uh, Free State Wyoming or, you know, what, what was the, there was like the Ron Paul city in Texas um, right. that was like big for a little bit. So aside from being based uh, in cryptocurrency, um, what's, is is that the the big push? Like, what? Why can't that exist um, in any of these other projects? Uh, what's so special about uh, Puerto Rico, aside from you know the, the weather, that makes it the ideal place for liberty um, or for you know or for freedom um, that separates you from the from the state or from these other projects? Yeah. So you know. the main the main thing is the the government made it possible. Um, <laughs> they. Uh, they they have a couple laws, um, I think Act twenty and twenty two or something like that 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 um, says no capital gains tax and no federal tax, um, and the only tax you'd have to pay is the local government business tax or something like that. So there's tax benefit, and so that's one of the main draws for people that hold crypto uh, is is to take advantage of that. Um, so you know, besides that, if if uh, a few billionaires go there, and that's that's one of the drawing points is, is uh, willingness to invest. And so, if somebody creates the economic environment that that is really beneficial to anybody who holds crypto, then that that's going to be a, you know a big boost for the economy, and it's going to make it a place that people want to be. Um, and I think that's what people want more than even just to be free is to have, you know, all the luxuries in life that, that they want. Right. So, um, a lot of people don't want to go to New Hampshire maybe because it's too cold. Um, and so yeah, if, that's a you know, if you'd big r- drawback, if you'd rather have Island lifestyle, then, you know, Puerto Rico might be it, uh, you know, save the hurricanes. But, um, yeah. So if, if they do, uh, successfully set up banks and stuff willing to transact in Bitcoin and uh, or cryptocurrencies and 
if they are successful in interacting with the rest of the world, then it's going to be, you know, a huge, uh, a huge, uh, city. I mean, it's going to be a really great place to be. And, uh, so they're talking about buying, uh, a couple pieces of land that have ports, ports on it already. Yep. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll fix the Jones act fiasco and, uh, that's that's another thing. If they open up shipping to Puerto Rico, it's the same thing with Hawaii. It, you know, it would it would be such a a blessing to to the jobs market. You know, um, just get out of the way know. and let freedom happen. Let people yeah. trade who want to trade. I mean, the the government really it, it it's it's so stupid because the government is the ones that created the 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 bad. Uh, economic situation in Puerto Rico and uh and even Hawaii too. I mean it could be so much better if if we had more than just uh tourism and military in, in Hawaii, you know. Uh we also have uh the the other one is it's just real estate. So real estate is big in Hawaii. Um tourism and military. That's it. So if if we could open up trade in Hawaii then this it could be a, a great boost to to the jobs market um but some people don't want that there's a lot of what what I call conservative democrats here you know they don't they don't really want to progress they don't want to uh have more jobs they just want everything to stay the same yeah they're and they're locked you, in what works for them and if you're poor then you you get out of Hawaii or you live on the beach, you know, um, that's, <laughs> uh, you know, sad, but that's, that's the way they treat people. That's not the way they talk, but that's the way they treat people. So if they really cared about poor people, if they really cared about jobs, if they really cared at all, they would get rid of the Jones act and that would, and that would solve uh, a lot of problems. See, I've heard it again recently and it's always, it, it always rings true. Um, Ernest Hancock's old quote of, you know, freedom's the answer. What's the question? And when it comes to any sort of these, you know, um, like political talking points, right? There's always like, there's always the stated goal and the underhanded goal of the, of the politicians who are talking, right? And, and so, you know, you mentioned if they want to help poor people, well, the best way to help poor people is just to get out of the way, right? And, but, but every action they take, uh, makes it more difficult for poor people to dig themselves out and makes it easier for them to like hold them in place and you know and they just you know walk all over them basically uh, and if they but if they were serious about it right if, if you want to help poor people you know let freedom work let charities you know take over and, and do its thing right if you want to help children um, let freedom work right you know every every political solution or every political problem has a real easy solution and that's freedom right freedom's the answer what's the question what problem are you trying to solve, you know, that all of a sudden uh, having a, a free market in ideas or products and services, right, won't do a better job of solving than some, you know, government edict and mandate coming from above, right? And it's just, it's always, you know, so w so whenever you hear them talking about, you know, problems that they want to solve and like, here's the solution, um, it's, it, you can almost guarantee um, that whatever, whatever solution they come up with is, either not going to work at best, right, or at, at worst be even more harmful and detrimental uh, to the problem they're trying to solve. 
Um, and we've talked about it in the past, but you know, again, right. Cause it's still, it's still being talked about. Um, net neutrality is like one of those things, right? It's just, you know, the, what, whatever, whatever solution they come up with is worse than the problem they're trying to solve. Cause the problem doesn't even really exist. And if you just get out of the way, right. You know, more freedom is the solution, uh, to, to that and others. Um, I don't want to get too off track, but so, so that's my thoughts on that. MC. Oh, but we love getting off track here. Um, so some other news, uh, is is happening um there's actually a bill in in local hawaii law that they're trying to pass and it probably will but um it's it's about cryptocurrency and they want to license the exchanges to be able to operate here um so they're going to require people to have a license and the reason why it says on the bill is so that they can put the disclaimer on on there and so so if if you have a license then that means you're going to tell everybody hey uh you might lose your entire investment in bitcoin so we have to have a law because people are too stupid to realize that they might lose money on investments that's See, just no. too <laughs> right. okay so we've covered this a little bit i don't know if on the show or definitely in private right all the exchange all the big exchanges left Left the island, poof, gone, right? Because the current law was too obscure uh, or too difficult or too prohibitive to follow. So it wasn't that, it, it technically, it wasn't that Hawaii banned the exchanges or disallowed them. It's just that they made the law too cumbersome to follow, so they all just, you know, opted out, basically. So how does this, how does this new bill being proposed uh, alleviate that, and how is it going to entice uh, the exchanges to come back like is it is it easier to get the license now because it wasn't uh it wasn't it wasn't banned before it was just prohibitive so was it are they coming back like if this passes i mean the reason it was banned before was basically a loophole uh in in the way that somebody interpreted current law which i haven't read the current law i don't really know um but it basically said that uh if if you if you sell a cryptocurrency that you have to have an equal amount of dollars in in uh in your reserve to to back up that that cryptocurrency which right. is impossible because cryptocurrencies go up in value and so where would the extra dollars come from you know so if somebody bought them at at ten dollars and it shot up to a thousand uh the people that sold it to you would have to now hold a thousand dollars in their uh, bank account Right. Um, so is that law going away with this introduction? Because if not, then well, that's still prohibitive. That, that's the thing. It doesn't really talk about that. So I, like I said, I think it was just a loophole. Somebody who didn't want crypto to be traded in Hawaii sent the, you know, sent a cease and desist le letter to, to Coinbase and said, hey, you can't do this because X, Y, and Z. And Coinbase just basically didn't even fight it. They're just like, oh, well, whatever. We got 48 other states to worry about. Yeah. So, um, so I don't even know if the law is correct or the interpretation of the current law is correct. It's just Coinbase was told no, um, and they didn't fight it. So, um, so what I would say is probably it there it isn't illegal. Um, and so when they pass the the licensing law, it's going to be okay. Well, now that we have this set up, we're we're not going to tell anybody no anymore. 
we're going to say, well, you have a license. So obviously we've told you, you could, <laughs> you know? Okay. So but it's, they, they still have it, to apply for the license and, and go through that rigmarole. Right. So you're going to have to apply for the license and prove that you can follow the, the, the restrictions and, and the protocols that they, they put in, in the law. So basically every trade you're going to have to, for the exchanges, they're going to have to document what price they bought it at, what price they sold it at and, and, uh, stuff like that. So they'll be able to track everybody and track every trade. And most, mostly, I guess it's for tax purposes, but, uh, don't really know their, their agenda, but, um, so, you know, good news and bad news there, you know, people are going to be able to access exchanges in, in Hawaii, uh, if they pass the law, but at the same time, it's going to be, you know, totally overregulated and just, uh, kind of annoying. So good. Cause then that still leaves underground opportunities for people right. like me. Um, Although I will say this, I've, I logged in to my local bitcoins account. Um, and all of a sudden there was like a message saying that, you know, Oh, time to ID verify. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> what is this? ID well, verify new. now. And you open up your opportunity to, to, to talk to more buyers and sellers. And I was like, Whoa, that, that was not part of the deal, man. You got my email verified. You got my phone number verified. You do not need any more than that. Um, but because I haven't really like, I get an, I get an email every once in a while saying like, you know, log in to keep your account active. Otherwise everything disappears. Um, so I'm like I'm I haven't from, really been from local from local Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm gonna try that then because I I tried to delete it and they said no. So. Hmm. <laughs> well, maybe okay. Maybe not your account. Like you'll still have your account, oh. but like all the all the ads that I originally had running. Oh, the um, ads and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll log in, and you know, and then all of a sudden that message was there. I'm like, whoa, okay. I do not have the time or the inclination to deal with this now. But if you know. If if they're gonna require uh you know a, a verified ID to to um you know to 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 continue using the service then man we're gonna have to find something else to do <laughs> not we me and you but you know me and me and whatever yeah but yeah because that wasn't that was not part of the deal um, but yeah with it, with the new licensing coming in like maybe maybe that it's gonna be part of their deal again and you know it's just gonna be another another loophole or another workaround for me to, to, to figure out at some point. Right. Um, so I think it's mostly just setting up the, uh, you know, they, they want to allow the exchanges is, is the thing. I'm sure there's some, some people in government who might have crypto or interest in it. And, and so that's, you know, that's a good thing. That's, you know, like I said, good and bad. Um, I try not to focus on what the government is doing too much well i mean i kind of have to but um if i don't have to then i'd rather not so yeah, yeah. so well, it'll, be, all... it'll be a, it'll be a little bit it'll hurt the black market a little bit because it's just it's easier for most people to deal with the exchanges than than deal with other people so we'll see how it affects it yes well we'll see because at least i have um uh, one co-worker who's you know we've been talking um about getting about him getting on the exchange and you know be, because it's prohibitive to do in hawaii and he's from hawaii there's like the a limited number of exchanges for him to look into um and i think he got he got on kraken um but it's been waiting three weeks for them to verify him so right 
So I don't, you know, what once you're in, right? It's like one of those things. Like once you're in, then things get a little bit easier. Um, but the the getting in part is, you know, prohibitively difficult for everyone that I've talked to here. Well, I'm yep. like, I right, just go on the well, exchange. Should should have been in, you know, three years ago. <laughs> well, everything was down. But, uh, hey, we're yeah, getting back there. Yeah, we're getting back there. And then, and I told people. Um, you know, don't don't be surprised if it gets back down to five thousand. And it, I think it's funny the 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 Bitcoin market right now because you know everybody's saying, oh, it's because of South Korea. Oh, it's because of India. I'm like, no, it's it's because it hit twenty thousand like out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> just boom. That's why it's coming down again. So, um, yeah, I don't know where it goes from here. Really, um, it's. It's kind of weird because there's still a lot of there's still a lot of interest, um, but it the I think the the fever is kind of is is going down. There's not as it's not uh, the you know the panic buying is over. Yes. Um, but there's still there's still definitely interest. There's still a lot of uh, people who think that this is a better way of doing money, and I do too. Like I, I if and that's why my my hope is that somebody does it right somewhere in the world you know whether it's you know japan or um you know puerto rico or you know somewhere else that that just has it set up perfectly to maximize uh people's uh people's money basically uh so that they can trade with everybody else in the world and um and that that's what bitcoin brings you know it's like uh people all over the world can can value their time in in Bitcoin, and they don't have to worry about it. Like especially for people in Venezuela, you know. Yeah. Um, one of the things, one of the services that they use uh, is called Air. I can't remember the name of it. Air Air TM. So like ATM, but it's called Air TM. Okay. And it, it allows people in Venezuela to store their money in U.S. dollars because U.S. dollar is way more stable than Venezuela currency. But they, in order to buy the, the U.S. dollars, sometimes they use Bitcoin, right? Because you know they're not going to use Venezuela currency. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, everybody's trying to get rid of it, and it's 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 hard to even work with because you have to have you know piles of it uh, to to get anything. So, um, so yeah, they're they're trading in and out of uh, Bitcoin for U.S. dollars, and uh, you know it. It it's it's so bad in, in Venezuela. You could be a doctor and and not have enough money to eat meat, you know, or if you can eat it at all. So, um, yeah, that's. I think that's the end of my rant. <laughs> okay. Well, I will. I will. Uh, one thing I want to step back on in a little bit then um, is right. So the the price. The, the the price of most cryptos has kind of like I'm I'm gonna say crashed even though I don't want to say crashed fallen well, dropped at least at least half its peak whatever right. it is and and what I see is a lot of articles um you know like do, don't worry everyone here's the reason why it crashed right, right? right. you know. India's banning it. North Korea's allowing it. South Korea might be regulating it. Oh, Japan's wide open right now, right? And I go, and I think to myself, like, man, they're they're whoever these people are writing these articles, right, with their speculation as to um, 
you know, what's driving the price, right? They either, they either have no idea what's going on, which I'm okay with. Like I'm, I've always been okay with, I don't know. I have no idea why, right? That's an acceptable answer to me. Um, or it's uh, again, counterproductive, um, to what they're trying to do, right? Cause I'm sure they're doing that. You know, it, it, it's the, 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 don't worry, here's the real reason why. So once that settles, you know, everything will pick back up and resume and skyrocket and woo one more time. <laughs> um, but in the back of my mind, I'm going like, well, again, right. If I like, I'm unfortunately, um, a purist, I guess, in, in a sense when it comes to these things, right? Like I, I leave the trading, um, and all that to, to other people, but I like, I like, I liked what Bitcoin was when I first heard about it, right? When they were, when they were pitching it to anarchists as a way to get out of the U S dollar. Right. And I, I, and I didn't buy then. And for, for a number of reasons, which I won't get into here, but I'm a purist. So I go like, that's the reason, right? It does. The, the price should be irrelevant. Um, if the technology can deliver on the promise of, of, you know, getting away from the U.S. dollar and, and doing that. And when I hear all these, you know, these are the reasons why the price is, is uh, going down so dramatically, all I can think is, well, then, then, then it's failing, right? Because, you know, state economies should have no effect uh, on, on, you know, on the value of the Bitcoin, right? Like, I, I, I want to see, see products and services priced in Bitcoin, Right. That's, that's the success marker for me. And, you know, the, I saw another man was like, you know, what's your moon? That's the moon. Right. For me, when I don't care, I don't care what the value valuation is. I just, I want to see products and services priced in Bitcoin uh, or crypto, uh, any other crypto for that matter. Um, and I'll go with that one. Right. Um, so, so I go like the, if, if that's the reason, if, if like if the Indian government can so drastically affect, uh, the price of Bitcoin, um, then it's failed. It's not worth. It's it's not it's not delivering on the promise um, that that you know that was I guess you know made to me so to speak uh, from the beginning. Right. This is this is not this is not what I signed up for. I did not sign up for uh, a technology that is still at the whims of the of the of the state of, of any government. Uh, I did not sign up for a, a technology that's looking to. Um, you know, intertwine or intermingle or, you know, uh, intermix, um, with the, the, the legacy banking system, right? You talked about your, your bit pay card earlier, MC, and you know, it's like, yeah, look at this. You, you can use Bitcoin like real money. You know, all you got to do is like get this card to play an intermediary. Then all of a sudden your Bitcoin becomes like real money. And I go, well, nah, oh, man, we're almost like, don't even do that. <laughs> right. Like don't, don't even make, don't even make that a step. You know, it's, it's either Bitcoin for products and services or failure. You yeah, know what I mean? Well, I, I, I will have to uh, chime in here a little bit because I, I've said before that the, the selling point for Bitcoin, the, the main thing is, is 20 million limit. And it's, so it's a, it's a check on the banks and that's, so that's why Bitcoin was made. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, we call it disinflationary system um, or deflationary, um, depending on how you want to define it. Um, in, in contrast to all the government 
currencies in the world, which are inflationary constantly and by a whole lot. And, and it's, it's, uh, you know, Ron Paul would say that the inflationary dollar is, is theft and I agree. And the the dollar, um, uh, the reserve dollar, the the reserve currency of the world, which is currently the dollar, uh, that could end and that could end badly. Um, so, um, so this is, this is a way, you know, Bitcoin is, is a check on the banks that would like to bail themselves out every time. And every time that this cycle happens, then Bitcoin will become a store of value and more people will end up using it. Um, so to me, it doesn't really matter if people are going in between fiat and, and crypto. Um, it's, 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 still, it's still there doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, but as far as digital cash, um, Bitcoin is not it. Uh, it's just, it's just a way to, uh, see how much, uh, money is, is being printed and circulated in the economy and, and how much people value, uh, something that is not inflated. So, uh, yeah. So in that way, it's still, it's still a success for what it's doing. Uh, it's, it's fulfilling its mission statement that way. Uh, but if you want digital cash, you go somewhere else. Okay. Well, hmm, how do I want to put this? If 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 that were true, right? If 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 Bitcoin was a check um, on you know on other inflationary currencies, right? Then the the rise and fall of the price of Bitcoin would be reflected by the the inflationary and deflationary um, cycles of of those other currencies. Right, but the, yeah, the but, but the Bitcoin spike and crash and level and rebound and you know dead cat bounce and all that it isn't correlated with how much money well, the Fed is printing. We're we're still in in the boom cycle, boom cycle of Bitcoin though. We we haven't reached the peak yet, as far as long term, right? So, um, it's still in the adoption phase, and granted. All, all the governments are still trying to figure out how to deal with it. So yeah, it hasn't stabilized and it probably won't for some time. Um, and, and maybe never. And that's, that's the thing with the fiat currency is it can, you know, fiat can be in, inflated infinite, infinitely. Um, and that's what happened in, in Venezuela. Um, so, you know, long term, uh, Bitcoin could outlast the dollar, you know, depending on, you know what what happens with politics in the U.S. Um, so that's 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 the kind of check I, I, I'm talking about. Not not so much the 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 short term uh, bubbles. You know, like like I said, there there was a frenzy of, of buying, and that that frenzy, that panic buying, is over now. You know, now it's now it's speculators like trying to figure out what the current prices should be today. And, and there's a whole bunch of people that are like, oh man, it, it is crashed. To me, it hasn't crashed at all. Like 20,000 down to 10, it's, it's still up. I mean, I, I was, I was, well, yeah, you know, but that's anything... also because you've been in it for years as opposed to months, like a lot of, but them. yeah, but eventually everybody who's in today is going to feel the same way as I do. You know, when it hits a hundred grand and it goes back down to 50, people are going to be like, ah, who cares? You know? <laughs> Yes, except um, for the guy who buys at the peak. Right, exactly, exactly. So I lost yeah. it all. 
and and they didn't. He lost fifty percent. But I mean that that happens in in all markets, um, and and that's I think it's coming. Uh, I think the stock market might have hit its peak too because I, I just read an article that it dropped six hundred and sixty six points or something like that. The the biggest the biggest uh, fall in in like seven years or something like that. Yeah. And, this last week, I, d- I didn't read too much into it, but I mean that those those are signals, you know. There's like, there's there's some weakness in the market, and uh, you know maybe it, it does hit its peak again, maybe it goes past it, but uh, we're we're to that point where you can start figuring out, you know, how bad the crash is gonna is gonna get. Oddly enough, that is one that is one difficulty of like uh, reading through my my RSS news feed is. You know, I have, I have, you know, Bitcoin updates. I have, you know, gold and silver updates. I have, you know, stock updates and financial updates and all the other stuff because, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm not in, but I'm interested. Um, and then I always see like, you know, biggest crash in history. And then I got to like check the source to see like, is this a stock market crash? Is this a crypto crash? <laughs> so it's all, it's always fun. It's always fun to see like, you know, it's, it seems to be, you know, uh, a trend, right? No, no, no matter what market you're in, right? You know, bubbles, peaks and valleys and crashes and booms and busts and, you know, whatever. Um, so I guess stay diversified. Um, I think, man, I don't, I don't want to take up too much time, but I thought I had, I, I lost my train of thought. I thought I had one more question and one more point, um, that I guess I'll have to get back to later. So, uh, anything else, uh, on, on crypto or, Bitcoin. Nope. See you in crypto land someday, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wherever and whenever that turns out to be. Like Elon Musk's space station orbiting Mars. (laughs) Elon Musk had a a tweet. He said, uh, communism is great. Implement it. And his next tweet was, uh, unless you like food. (laughs) (laughs) Damn commies. Yeah. Right. Um, headlines? Where are we? Sure. At? All right. Headline: uh, YouTube to start labeling video videos posted by state-funded media. Uh, headline: Uber wants to make it illegal to operate your own self-driving car in cities. Uh, headline: Buy a shirt, get pot gift. Companies exploit law loophole. A headline, addicts use Imodium to help with detox. That's a terrible reason for the FDA to make it harder to get. A headline, bye-bye, Miss American Pie, and Big V8s too. A headline, karma, cop steals pot edibles from dispensary, hallucinates so bad they get stuck in a tree. And finally, headline, uh, Wisconsin Price Police says Meyer doesn't charge enough for dog food. Um, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Oh, anywhere, please. All right. Um, I let's start with the 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 bye bye Miss American Pie, only because you know you're you you're are you are you are you a Corvette guy now? Right, can we can we can we call that? Oh, uh, sure. For now. Oh, for now. Okay. Because at one point in time you were like testing it out whether or not you were a Corvette guy, and I like muscle cars. Like I don't I don't own one. Um, but my God, would I love to have one. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Bye-bye, Miss American Pie and Big V8s too. 2018 may be the last year for Chrysler as we've known it. Dodge 2. These two sell automotive equivalent of lawn darts. 
big rear drive cars with big V8 engines at still affordable prices. Uh, people love them, but the government bureaucrats who have somehow been empowered to countermand our buying inclinations do not. Such cars use too much gas, uh, notwithstanding we're the ones paying for it. And so the bureaucrats have been systematically working for decades to make such cars artificially more expensive to build and to buy via punitive gas guzzler taxes. Uh, these taxes, the actuality, as well as the threat, are why the average new car is compact-sized front-wheel drive and powered by a small four-cylinder engine. Uh, before gas guzzler taxes, when the car industry was still largely free to build the types of cars buyers rather than bureaucrats wanted, and those buyers were largely free to buy them at prices that was reasonable because not grotesquely artificially ballooned by punitive taxation, Americans, average ones, routinely drove big rear-drive cars with big V8s. Uh, the kind of car that the Chrysler 300 sedan and Dodge Charger Challenger still build today. Uh, but probably not for long. The gas guzzler taxes applied right now are more Sunsteinian nudge? I don't know what that means. Uh, in the ribcage compared to what's to compared with what's coming. Uh, right now, a car company gets hit and in turn hits its customers with punitive gas guzzler taxes if its fleet of cars fails to average 34.5 miles per gallon. But tomorrow, uh, in the year 2025, the fleet average requirement will almost double to 54.5 miles per gallon. Big rear-drive cars with V8s like the 300 Charger and Challenger would incur enormous gas guzzler taxes under this regime to a degree that would render them so artificially expensive to offer for sale that only very affluent people could afford to buy them as is already the case with other big rear-drive cars with V8s under their hoods. The only other company offering such vehicles besides Chrysler and Dodge are high-priced luxury brands such as Mercedes-Benz, Lexus, and BMW, and even they have had to retreat from V8s, which are now offered in less than their high-priced models, the ones in the six-figure range. Uh, for example, the 2019 Lexus LS, the company's flagship sedan, will be powered by a turbocharged V6, uh, whereas it previously came with standard with a V8. Uh, this backdrop accounts for the water treading of Fiat Chrysler and Dodge parent company with regard to the 300 and the Charger Challenger. These cars, which haven't changed much in years, were due for an update this model year to be based on the rear drive Alpha, part of the Fiat family Giorgio platform. This would have meant a renewed lease on life for real drive Chargers and Challengers at still reasonable priceless prices. 2018 came and the 300 Charger and Challenger remained unchanged. The plans for using the Giorgio platform as the basis for updates but still rear driving presumably V8 available versions of these cars were kiboshed meanwhile Sergio Macchioni uh, head of Fiat Combine uh, let loose horrible news that the popular Chrysler 300 sedan may go front wheel drive riding on a modified version of the same chassis under the current Chrysler Pacifica minivan uh, he didn't say it but this change from rear to front wheel drive would also mean uh, no more V8 for the 300 the whole point of going front-wheel drive being to lighten the car in order to make it viable to downsize what's under the hood in order to appease the government bureaucrats who've assumed the power to dictate to us how much gas we're allowed to use in our cars. Uh, this leaves the Dodge Charger sedan, fraternal twin of the 300 and currently based on the same underlying chassis, and the Challenger, which is a two-door version of the Charger sedan and shares the same mechanicals. People love these cars, just as they love a good ribeye and a beer. But how can Fiat Chrysler continue to sell them at a price they can ma manage 
when government bureaucrats are about to double, if not triple, the gas guzzler taxes that will be imposed upon them. Uh, 2025 is less than seven model years away. Whatever Fiat Chrysler and every other car company intends to sell them is in planning stages right now. Crunch time isn't coming. It's here. There, were un, uh, there was another rumor that the Charger Challenger at least might get updated using the same platform Maserati, another Fiat property, uses to build the Ghibli. Uh, the good news about that, of course, is that the M157 Ghibli platform is rear drive and would support a V8. The bad news is it's a Maserati platform, and Maseratis tend not to be the type of car average Americans often get their hands on. Unless the 54.5 mile per hour fatwa is rescinded, and so far there haven't been no tangible signs that this is going to happen, one of two things is likely to happen between now and 2025. The first and least likely is that Fiat Chrysler will use the M157 Ghibli platform to build a new and still rear drive V8 Charger Challenger, but at very high cost, which means very low production, a car for, for the rich only, and few who can still afford such cars. The second, more probable alternative is Fiat Chrysler will continue to sell the current 300 Charger Challenger for another couple of years, largely unchanged, and they replaced all of them with the fatwa-friendly four-wheel drive, four-cylinder, or hybrid electric cars. If the 300 goes front-wheel drive, expect the Charger and Challenger to follow. As Michael Corleone explained to his brother Sonny in the original Godfather, this isn't personal, it's business. Fiat Chrysler, like every other car company, has to do business with Uncle first before they can do business with us. Until that changes, we'll be allowed to buy only the cars Uncle permits the car companies to build, and both of us will continue to be punished for not bending knee to that. If, therefore, you fancy big rear-drive bruisers like they used to make them, better go get them while they're still being made. Uh, end of the article. So your, your thoughts on this, MC, kind of like we talked about at the beginning of the show, um, just government interference in the marketplace getting between uh, producers and consumers. I need a bigger garage. <laughs> I get, get like 10 muscle cars so I can sell them at double price in five years. You know, that's, that w that's an interesting investment, right? Because, you know, presumably, presumably if they become like vintage and rare, yeah, the, the value could increase. Um, I saw, I, I, I shared this uh, with a, a mutual friend of ours because I forget what he posted. But it was basically like an ad for the the um, Dodge Challenger Demon, uh, and the ad was let me let me pull up the ad real quick um, because the the ad itself was basically like um, a letter from the National Hot Rod Association, um, like banning banning the stock car from the racetrack. So here's 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 the ad. This this is the ad for the for the car itself. Uh, this, it's just a letter. It's a picture of the car and this letter that was sent to them. This letter verifies that on Monday, November 21st, 2016, at Gainesville Raceway in Gainesville, Florida, the Dodge Challenger SRT Demon ran the quarter mile in an elapsed time of 9.650 seconds at 140.09 miles per hour. Both the elapsed time and the speed on the run exceeds the limit on 2008 OEM model year and newer production cars and therefore violate our rules. The car exceeded our limit of 9.99 seconds and 135 miles per hour. Therefore, before this car can run again as at an NHRA member track, it must be brought into compliance with the rules and regulations found in Section 4 of the NHRA rulebook. 
If you have any questions concerning this letter, the rules section four of the NHRA rulebook, please contact me. Sincerely, uh, Glenn Gray, NHRA Vice President of Technical Operations. So there, there, there's your big-ass rear-drive V8 muscle car, right? Too fast for the rules. Um, and it's it, too, too fast for the track, not even for the road. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, that, that's, the, that's the kind of car I like. Um, and, and for me, it's a, it's a safety issue too, man. Like I can't, I can't, man, my, the, the, the car that I drive is, is not a muscle car, but it's still a V8 and there's, there's nary an opening that's not mine. Right. You know what I mean? Like when, when I was driving a, a Corolla, um, and even sometimes when I'm driving like, uh, my, uh, my girlfriend's car, um which is a four cylinder. I, I always like, it's always, it's always like, I, I see, I see the spot that I want to be in, right? Like on the road. And then I have to like take a minute and wind up the car to get it up to where I can like maybe make that move or not. Um, but when I'm in my V8, it's just like, Nope, spots mine. You know, like that's just it. I, I step on the gas and I'm there. Um, and I'm sure in your Corvette, it's, it's even much better than that. <laughs> and then again right for the for the state to take that away right to say no 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 you know you, you can't have it or or it's going to be prohibitively difficult for you um you know it's just it's so annoying so so annoying even my moped right like i, I did just did like the final upgrades on my moped um and part of me Part of me thinks, you know, part of, well, part of me knows, right? Like I, I, there's a risk riding the moped because there's no wind up, right? There's no like, oh my God, I, if only I could speed up, I can get out of the way because I'm already going, you know, basically as fast as I can at any given time. Um, and part of me goes like, well, maybe if I had an upgraded moped or wasn't riding it at the time, I maybe wouldn't have gotten hit. Um, because when I, by the time I realized, you know, that I was going to get hit, there was nothing left for me to do and I couldn't go any faster to get out of the way. So that's part of it. But also, um, the other day I was like, uh, was a couple weeks ago, maybe, I don't know if I told you this, uh, personally, MC, but I was like, I was heading home, um, from somewhere, maybe from work. I don't remember. I was heading home from somewhere. Um, and like I was, I was in, it's a two lane road and I was about to like go up a hill and I was behind a car in the left lane and the right lane was clear. And in the shoulder lane was like uh, a semi truck like the, the, like a Mack truck, not, not with a trailer, but just the truck part. Uh, and he has, he had his hazards on and he was just like chilling over on the side of the road. Right. And then all of a sudden, right. I'm like, okay, he's chilling on the side of the road. The car in the left lane is going slow. I'm going to pass. Right. And so I signal, I move into the right lane. And at that very moment, uh, the semi truck decides that no, no, this is his time to turn off his hazards and remerge into traffic into the right lane. Um, and so I'm, I'm like going this motherfucker, right? Like he's, he's about to pull out right in front of me and I don't want to stop. Luckily I'm in a V8, right? So I just smashed the gas, right? I'm like, my bucket, I'm going. Um, and I, I basically like thread the needle. Like, I think, I think I may have, you know, you, you, the, the center lines, the way they have them, they got the little, the, the round dots, um, give you a little bit of a rumble feel. Mm-hmm. I may have grazed the rumble, um, but I definitely like moved the car in the left lane over a little bit as I hugged the, that line. 
um, to blow by the semi, but I made it. And then I didn't stop. I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to keep going. And I just, you know, they, 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 they will not even get close to me again. Um, but there's no way I could have done that in anything less than a V8. Even my old V6 would, would probably like have wrecked or I would have to like slam on the brakes to not make that move. So when I hear stuff like, you know, oh yeah, we got a front wheel drive and four cylinders. I go, you're, you're making me, you're, you're making me prohibitively less safe, right? Because those, those maneuvers are now impossible to do. Like there's no getting out of the way when you smash the gas and it just goes, and then like, you don't go anywhere. Um, so yeah, I, that might be the end of my rant. So I just, I like, I want me, you know, just, just to have it before they do it. Right. The, the rule breaking, you know, Dodge demon, even the name is cool. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> even the name is cool. Um, you know, to, 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 to make sure, you know, that, that those things don't happen. I don't know. Yeah. And if, and if the two door is, is too scared for scary for you, they also put the same engine in the charger and the, uh, the, uh, uh, Jeep, the Jeep, um, uh, Grand Cherokee. So they call that one a track Hawk. Okay. Nice. I don't, I'm, I'm not a big fan of SUVs. I like cars. My mom likes SUVs yeah. because she likes riding above everybody and can look down. And I go, mm-hmm. nope. I like being low to the ground so I can corner quicker, quickly. Yeah, I, I like them both. I I, I enjoy uh, both aspects of, of driving. Okay, fair enough. Uh, anything else? Any other thoughts on this one? I, I think I'm done. You got another one that's short? Uh, short, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, all right, let's do it. Okay. All right, let's stick with the cars then because guess what? Uber wants to make it illegal to operate your own self-driving car in cities. Um, see, that's the other thing. Before I get into the article, like, I don't know how much I'd enjoy a self-driving car because I like driving, you know, like I don't even have a driver's license, but I enjoy driving. Like it, you know, if, if, if I, if, if I could have a driving career without needing to go back and get a driver's license or even like a CDL certification license or whatever, I would probably do that because, oh my God, I love driving. Anyway, so, but now Uber, you know, with their self-driving cars, won't let you operate in cities. Beleaguered, ride-sourcing giant Uber has been criticized for a wide variety of sins, both real and imagined, but their biggest sin yet may be what they apparently want to do to the public in the future. Force everybody to use Uber services by outlawing private automobiles. Uh, I warned this might happen back in 2014. Uber has signed on to a document called the Shared Mobility Principles for Sustainable Cities, which was prepared by short-term car rental company Zipcar and who's uh, who's who of left-wing green pressure groups, including the National Resource Defense Council, uh, ICLEI, Local Governments for Sustainability, Smart Growth America's Transportation for American Advocacy Project, and the World Resource Institute, to name a few. Uh, most of these principles are free, f- are fact-free platitudes about livability, zero emissions, and sustainability, which is typical po- politician speak for increasing mass transit subsidies and painting bike lanes on city streets while neglecting maintenance. So they basically call for upholding a status quo in urban transportation politics, and to this motley progressive coalition's credit, the principles document does endorse user fees, 
while, with road pricing being the only known way to effectively mitigate traffic congestion. Uh, but where it really goes off the rails is with its final principle. Number 10. We support that autonomous vehicles, AVS, in dense urban areas should be operated only in shared fleets. Uh, due to the transformational potential of autonomous vehicle technology, it is critical that all AVs are part of a shared fleet, well-regulated and zero emission. Shared fleets can provide more affordable access to all, maximize public safety and emissions benefits, ensure that maintenance and software upgrades are managed by professionals, and actualize the promise of reduction in vehicles, parking, and congestion in line with broader policy trends to reduce the use of personal cars in dense urban areas. Uh, Uber, Lyft, Zipcar, and others proposed outlawing personally owned self-driving cars in central cities, leaving the entire urban core market for automated road vehicles in the hands of corporate fleet owners as Uber, Lyft, and Zipcar all imagine they will be in the coming years. Uh, Uber sees the competition of the future, and it's you. Uh, fortunately, to stop Uber, Lyft, and Zipcar's shameless, greenwashed, crony capitalism, we already have a simple solution. State preemption of local policies on self-driving cars. Illinois, Nevada, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas have already preempted municipal and county governments from enacting ordinances prohibiting self-driving cars. Uh, as many transportation departments in major U.S. cities are defined by their incompetence and corruption, state legislatures should move quickly to stop this rent-seeking uh, before it takes root in their communities. Uh, there's an addendum. I'm not sure how important it is. All right, I'm not. I'm gonna skip the addendum. If you want to read the addendum, it's kind of like because certain people found the article and then you know link to it, so it's kind of uh, not necessary. But if you want to read it, go to our show page, uh, Facebook.com/groups/anarchistexperience, um, and you can read the article there. So uh, without the addendum, your thoughts, MC, on Uber acting uh, out of out of character, maybe? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's really sad. Um... <laughs> Well, I mean, where, where there's a government, there's going to be somebody who wants to control it. So, well, and I think you know that's this is one of those things that are are kind of like gotchas for for anarchists alike and people in the broader you know liberty libertarian movement. Um, and that's when when we see new companies come along that challenge the status quo, right? We we naturally get behind them right we we naturally uh, attach ourselves to them um because they're like they're they're fighting for the little guy right so with, with uber it was you know how can cities ban uber from operating in their cities when they're challenging you know the the taxi monopolies and the established status quo businesses that already exist right uber must be allowed to compete fairly and openly in a marketplace um, you know, and, and take down these nasty other companies, these big corporations that are just, you know, too big and they're, they're too entrenched, you know, and, and so we attach, right? Same with, same with Elon Musk and Tesla. I and mean, we, we dropped that name a minute ago and, and we bring it back, yep. right? Because, yep. you know, at one time, you know, he was like, you know, fighting for the little guy, you know, look, look, I've got this all electric vehicle and all I want to do is like compete with the big boys and Ford and Chrysler and GM and all this and that, um, but they're not right. They're 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 just the little guy, but they they have the same mentality um, as the big guys. They're just not big enough to you know to to fight on their own yet, right? And so now you you have articles like this where you know 
they're still not big enough to fight on their own. I don't know. Uh, the last article I read, it might be you know uh, months or or a year old at this point, um, but Uber still operates in the red. Like they're still not even a profitable company. Maybe that turned around in uh, in 2017, uh, but I doubt it. Right. So they're they're not even a profitable company making any money yet, and they're already uh, positioning themselves as like the establishment company to block out all future oncomers, right? You know, oh, oh, what's that? You you want to start your own fleet uh, of self-driving cars? Well, they've got to be networked into the Uber network because we're we've got you know the city of San Francisco on lockdown, and if you introduce your car, then who knows what sort of chaos uh, will ensue because these cars aren't talking to each other the way they're supposed to because they're not on our network, um, you know, and and so you know you new company are now banned. Uh, and Uber becomes, you know, the established business. Uh, excuse me. So I just, I just want to point that part out. Uh, and again, it's, it's a cautionary tale. You know, it, it's one thing, it's one thing to, to cheer on the principal um, when dealing with these issues. It's another thing to cheer on the company, right? Does that, does that make sense? Like with yeah. Tesla, it's one thing to say, like, yes, uh, there should be competition in, in, in. Um, auto production and, and car making, right? They, they, they should, there should definitely be wide open competition and anyone should be allowed to participate. Um, but it's another thing to say like, no, 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 we have to do what it takes to let Tesla win so we can stick it to the establishment. Um, just like Uber, right? There should be, they should be allowed to compete. They should be allowed to challenge the taxi, uh, you know, monopoly, if you will. Um, and so should anybody else. If you want to start a ride sharing or a taxi service, uh, you should be able to just do so uh, with with no hindrance from the state. Uh, but it's another thing to say that you know Uber or Lyft or what was the other one, or Zipcar, uh, that 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 they should be the winners um, and take out the taxi monopoly and replace it, um, because that then then they become you know what what we all hated to begin with. So yes, there should be competition. No, there should not be you know state funding or state subsidies, or or state granted monopolies to operate anything uh, in any geographic reason. Um, and if we circle back to the beginning of the show, right? You know, freedom's the answer. What's the question? Uh, it doesn't matter what the company is. It should be anybody allowed to do it. Um, and just because, and again, just because it's a small company or a new startup, um, doesn't mean that they're better. Uh, than the establishment or that they have a different mentality than the establishment Uh, they're just not established yet and if you give them enough time um, you know and enough rope uh, they'll be the establishment and they'll hang themselves and we'll be cheering on a new company uh, to come take them down as well mc that's awesome anyway i think i'm getting tired all right well we'll take a nap it's only noon yeah i know (laughs) All right, that'll do it for us then. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, like I said before, if you want to join in on the discussion, uh, post your own show prep, do it in the groups. Just join the group. I think it's wide open. Facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, we're still on, as far as I know, the Liberty Radio Network, so LRN.FM. Uh, if you're listening to us off of that, uh, thank you. And drop us a line somewhere so so we know you're out there. Um, and if you want to contribute to the show financially, because, hey, why the hell not? Everyone's doing it. Um, jump on board. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Go Eagles. Peace. <laughs>